Hi, and welcome to our webisode series, uh, if you don't mind me asking, where uh, we, we probe and get a little bit nosy about the lives of uh, disabled individuals and uh, their lived experiences. My name is Dan Cady and I'm with Lucy Ruck, my co-host. Uh, we both work for the Business Disability Forum. And we are absolutely delighted today to be joined by Samantha Rank. Um, but rather than listening to us chatting and introducing this, we're going to get on with things as we've got a lot to cover. And I know Samantha likes to talk even more than we probably do. <laughs> My favourite pastime, I tell you. I don't have any um, core skills. I'm not very good at singing or maths or playing musical instruments. But by gosh, I can talk someone's ear off. So there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's exactly what we want on this. So, um, Samantha, tell us a bit about yourself, who you are and uh, what you do for those that don't already know of the amazing Samantha Rank. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and if they don't, how dare they? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, yes. So I, I suppose I wear many, many hats. I've got many strings to my bow. Um, I'm a Lancashire lass, uh, born in Germany, but don't judge me too harshly on that one. I'm currently living in London. I made the move to London about 10 years ago now, which is seems, seems crazy, to be honest. It's gone by in a heartbeat. Um, but I, I suppose I, I'm best known for um, my appearances on television. I was um, I was one of the stars of the very well-known uh chocolate commercial Maltesers commercial but obviously I I was um active on the on the action scene way before that and um part of you know um the activism scene in in the respect of I've um been affiliated with a number of charities scope being the one um I suppose a lot of people will associate me with but but yeah, I've got I've got many different hats. I call myself the Dell boy of the of the disability world because I like to have many fingers in different pies. So I've got a podcast. Um, I'm a broadcaster. I'm a writer. I write for the Metro and Possibility magazine, which is obviously a leading disability magazine. Um, I do my campaign work. Um, I I've got a, a production company, Born This Way Media, and drum roll, please. I currently have a, a book out my first book i've written a book my first memoir um called so so this is like this is one of the moments where again when i say it i didn't actually feel real um so my my book is called um oh my god well my book is called see i told you it's not on full full form today my goodness this is because it doesn't doesn't feel feel real at all. And um, no, my book is called "You Are the Best Thing Since Sliced Bread," and it is a um a, a kind of a project that I've been working with Fern Cotton. Fern Cotton is obviously an, a British icon, a TV presenter. Most of you will know her from Top of the Pops, but she has a um a wonderful brand called Happy Place, which is all about well being. And myself and Fern, kind of pre pandemic, we got to know one another. We worked. With one another and then pandemic kind of hit and it was like oh we need to do more work together we really gel and we really you know get on with one another and she was like hey do you want to write a book and i was like hey that's a scary prospect but you don't say no to fern cotton so um the book is out now it's a lovely summer read it's a memoir um but it's a it's a book about development it's a book about disability it's a book about womanhood um it's a book about messing up it's a book about saying that you know, you might look at someone like me and have preconceptions, um, whether that is preconceptions about me having a disability or preconceptions because I'm on TV and my life looks perfect. 
you know um yeah. so it's about it's 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 a book about me saying right I've I've had all these wonderful lived experiences some of them being wonderful some of them being not so wonderful as you can imagine which is what we're going to talk about I suppose a little bit later on um but you know what have I learned from these experiences what do I want other people to take away um and and hopefully they will have a good giggle I think that's what everyone says it's like my goodness <laughs> you uh you 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 made me laugh and wet my knickers a little bit so that's what anyone any author wants I you can ask for more if you yeah. think- you're peeing your knickers a little bit from reading the book while you're on holiday in your bikini. That's okay because you get to jump back into the pool. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to notice. I was just going to ask you quickly. You talked about your disability there. Um, can you tell us a bit about? I know you've got some preferred terms that you you prefer people to use when talking about you. I mean, fundamentally, you are Samantha, so you don't really know, need that label of disability. But just in terms of clarifying yeah. some points around that. So I was born with quite a rare genetic disorder called osteogenesis imperfecta. Still can't spell it to save my life, which is which is um, a good thing that they've got it like a, an abbreviation, a more a more kind of well-known term, which is brittle bone disease. Um, but to be quite honest with you, um, I don't like the word disease. Um, I don't know. It just sounds a bit like, oh, can you can you catch something from me? Um, you absolutely cannot catch brittle bones. You might be able to catch, you know, herpes from me if you give me a kiss every now and again. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, um, not because I'm being a big kisser all my life. I think when I was 13, I got sunburn on my lips and all of a sudden got herpes. So yeah, I'm not I'm not a kissing slut. I am just I am just someone that didn't wear sunscreen. So yes, I prefer the word condition, brittle bone condition. But basically it is a collagen deficiency. I don't have type one collagen in my body, and collagen can be found throughout your body. We've got as humans, we've got all different types of collagen. And but type one is the one that's like the most important, I suppose. And we call it brittle bones because your skeleton is made up of, you know, collagen and the marrow and so forth. And that's why we fracture quite easily. I've had about 200 broken bones. Um, when I was a baby, I got carried around on a pillow. No wonder I'm a bit of a prima donna now. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, you know, collagen is in our hair, it's in our nails, it's in our joints. That's why I've got quite bendy joints. Um, which isn't always a bad thing, but we'll, we'll probably leave that for a late, late, late night show. <laughs> yep. um, um, and yeah, I mean, I'm a full-time wheelchair user and I just need to kind of, as most disabled people, we need to navigate the world in in our own individual way and just be, you know, um, jumping over all these rubbishy barriers that are constantly thrown at us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, glad you brought up the uh, book as well, Samantha, because, I mean, as is obvious uh, to anyone that's ever seen you as well, you always come across a very bubbly, very positive <laughs> person. Uh, but in the book, you sort of cover a little bit of a, another side to that. Just what thought it would be good to explore some of those other aspects of sort of like how has yeah. disability sort of impacted you in your life? Absolutely. I mean, I think the thing is, and this is why I, well, I kind of wanted to always, irrespective of the work that I've done with Fern, um, and this opportunity came out, came about very organically and it was great, but it was that kind of nudge that I needed. But I think I always wanted to share my story. You know, I, I talk a lot about inspiration porn and, and how I experienced that growing up, you know, like people going, oh, you're so inspirational, you're great. 
and I kind of used to see it as a compliment. I, I, you know, I was always that bubbly, 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 bubbly um, child. I was that kind of what, quite annoying child that you're like, okay, shut up now. You know, um, I always had that innate sense of confidence. And I think, you know, over the years when I became more aware of my, my uniqueness, I suppose, my disability, and I understood that, you know, a disabled child is quite palatable and people that find them quite few, you know, a disabled adolescent, not so much, and a, dis a disabled adult, no one really cares, you know, and that's, that's very much um, the journey that many disabled people, particularly when you've had a disability from birth or early on, you know, you see that shift all of a sudden, you know, you get so much attention, whether it's, you know, pity or patronizing, you don't necessarily identify that straight away. You just see it as attention. And then all of a sudden you hit 18 and it's like, no, you know, computer says, no, we don't, you know, we, we, you know, you're, you're a burden, you're a drain on society and, and kind of that flip. Um, and I found that, to be quite honest with you, that change, that stark contrast, I found that really, really difficult, particularly now, I'm 36 now. And I think, you know, kind of realizing that there's so little resources out there for adults with disabilities. There's such less empathy out there. You know, so this is why I do talk a lot about, um, you know, um, inspiration porn and kind of um, how we need to be very, very conscious of um, how we interact with disabled people. You know, we don't, disabled people don't just want allies. We don't want tokenism. We don't want, you know, these, these kind of, oh, aren't you inspirational? These, these words that are really are meaningless, you know, just often they're there to objectify disabled people and make them, you know, kind of make, make non-disabled people feel better about their lives. And then kind of walk away from that individual and go, well, yeah, I've, I've done my good deed for today. I've done my little, you know, kind of they're there disabled person. And then and then that actually that that be the end of it. I think what disabled people really want are advocates. You know, of course, we want allies. We want, you know, you to stand next to us. But we also want tangible, you know, outcomes. We want you to fight for our rights. You want you you want you know, my I want my non-disabled colleagues and friends to actually listen to what I'm saying, believe what I'm saying, and fight for my rights and recognize the injustice of, of a disabling world, you know? Um, and I think I I have always been innate. I have always been bubbly. I think that's just who I am. But that doesn't mean that I don't um, have my... I'm a human being, you know? It doesn't mean that I don't have my days where I feel rubbish, you know? I'm on my period today and I felt like this morning you know yes shock horror disabled people get periods too you know and, and I want to stab someone in the eye with a fork you know what I mean like this is just normal and I wanted that to come across in the book because we are disabled people are often othered and marginalized because we are so far removed from human beings because we are either you know pigeonholed as benefit scroungers just want to say that there's no shame in being on benefits I'm on benefits if we need the assistance, bloody go for it, you know? Like, if you're entitled to it, go for it. Just want to put that out there. No shame at what or whatsoever. And then, you know, the opposite side, we've got these Paralympic kind of images. Again, not dissing any Paralympians. I think you're incredible human beings. A lot of my friends are Paralympians. But it's kind of like, well, what does, what does the average Joe do, you know? What if the average person, where do we come into it? We're just normal human beings. And I'm very conscious that, you know, even me, I perpetuate that um, that image of inspiration because I'm a public figure and I'm on television. And I, you know, I am conscious that, you know, um, other disabled people get recognized, like particularly other people with broken bones, because we can have a, a, a look about us. I mean, I hate that anyway, because it's a bit like, 
you're disabled, you're disabled, you're the same disabled person. Yes, you are. It really annoys me. But that happens. But I'm very conscious that, you know, I get messages all the time from other females with brittle bones. And it's so funny because some of us just don't look alike at all. Like, you know what I mean? At all. And I'm like, wow. But they they get people going, are you the girl from the telly? Are you the girl from the Malteser? So I'm very conscious that even I feed into this narrative um, of, of, you know, inspiration. But I just need to, you know, that's why I continue to do my advocacy and my activism because I chose this career because I wanted the career in media. I didn't do it for that recognition. I didn't do it for, you know, to be this inspiration to others. I did it because I've always been confident. I always loved drama at school. And that was a natural, you know, kind of uh, route for me. Um, but I am also mindful that it's not my problem to 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 bear. It is actually educating the non-disabled world that actually disabled people are humans and we can choose whatever career path we want and we shouldn't be judged for that and we shouldn't be objectified for that. Yeah. Interesting. In the same way as all of the like the the, the positive aspects, then you find can there almost be a bit of a backlash then, where people are seeing that sort of seeing disability and not actually seeing the person. Yeah. Just sort of... Absolutely. And this is why I I think I wrote the book because I'm not very great at social media. I don't particularly like it. It doesn't come naturally to me. But it's like you know, it's the um, it's it's something I have to do because it's part and parcel of of the world. So I try and always be very authentic on that. I try and give a balanced approach online. Um, but, you know, I, I I think it's so tricky because disabled people have a lot. It's like this, you know, being an activist fatigue. We've got a lot on our shoulders. You're damned mm. if you do and you're damned if you don't, you know? Um, and, and the thing is, you know, lived, uh, disabled people, our lived experience is so, you know, so different. What's that expression? If you've met one disabled person, you've met one disabled person and I think it's you know I think this is why I gravitated more to the training I used to be a, a school teacher so it you know I am qualified to, try, to teach people and I, I do a lot of um, consultancy work and I think this is where I really find my footing because I, I do get to share my lived experience but I go beyond that because I get to be a, a voice for other disabled people and I, I do that by engaging with my community you know and letting them tell me how their lived experience has impacted them and how they view the disabling world you know so um but it but it's 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 really it, it is a challenge and i i i do struggle sometimes so i hope that this i hope that this book you know i hope this book is inspirational to people across the board i hope that disabled people re relate to it and it can resonate with them you know um and then there'll be some disabled people that'll be like nah what's she going on about just don't, don't get it you know and um, but I, I want not my non-disabled peers to be like all right I've learned a bit about disability but actually I've also learned what to do when a relationship fails what to mm -hmm. do when things don't go my own way I also learn you know like to how you know how to how to get to where you want to be and how to set boundaries and so forth so yeah it's a good all-rounder and I, I it was very cathartic for me to write mm -hmm. um because it, it actually, you know, when I was writing things about grief and things about, you know, I even touch upon sexual assault in the book and, and all sorts of things, you know, and it was it was a moment where I was like, wow, so actually I behaved that way because of my internalized ableism. Didn't, didn't know that until I've now mm -hmm. put it down on paper or yeah. I, you know, part of my success is 
is due to the fact that I want to prove the world wrong. Yeah. You know, so it's been such a journey. Yeah, absolutely. Samantha, I'm just going to move us on a bit. I'm actually going to steal one of Dan's questions here. But um, we, we, we were catching it the other day and we were talking about um, when people get it right in terms of that shopping experience and allies and stuff. Yeah. And we were talking about Westfields and, you know, going shopping, which we all love. Absolutely. Can you talk us through what happened in that particular example? You know the one I mean, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, obviously, as we know, disabled people can be um, discriminated against on, on the three levels. So physical barriers. So for me, as a wheelchair user, you know, no step-free access or, or kind of lifts that are broken and then communication and information. So how we receive that. So, you know, someone with learning disabilities might not um, get enough time with their GP to be able to express themselves properly. And then obviously attitudinal barriers. And that's a big one for me. We've already touched upon inspiration porn. Um, and I, I, that's one that I'm just like, wow, it's, you know, we're all, we've all guilty of unconscious bias. But you know, I, I think a, a good practice, it's always important to highlight the barriers, but also it's important to highlight good practice because we all, we're all we all on this journey together. You know, that's what allyship and advocacy is all about. And I love shopping. And one of the things that I like to do, because I'm, I'm often reliant on other people. So I have a PA, you know, um, I, I struggle to go out independently. I have a hidden disability. I battle with anxiety and PTSD from medical trauma. But one thing that I feel that I can do independently is go to Westfield Centre, which is a big shopping centre. And I can do that on my own. I get into an uh, accessible taxi. I know where the drop-off point is. I know where the toilets are. I know it's all flat. I know it's great. But then sometimes, you know, even within this, this safe space, so to speak, I do see barriers, you know. I know I know they, uh, a lot of the shops had refurbishments, but then they still had the tools incredibly high. It's like, blows my mind. It's like you just spent thousands on, like, refurbishing. So, um, you know, it, it always strikes me when I see good customer service and what I experienced in, I believe it was New Look, a fashion shop. And you know what it's like, you've got, you've got like, you see loads of things you like, so you like pile up, pile them up. And I was trying to pile them up onto my lap. And um, I think things were getting caught or I was dropping things. And one of the, one of the, um, um, the ladies that, um, the, what do you call them? What are the shop assistants? Shop assistants. There we go. I had the German word in my head. I was like, no, that's not the British word. <laughs> uh, one of the, the shop assistant um, came over and there was no kind of fuss. There was no, you know, rushing over, like help the disabled person. It was just a very simple, it's just probably, you know, only young, just came over. She was like, do you know what? Give me them and I'll put them behind the till. And when you want them, they're there. There was no fuss. There was no are you okay? No patronizing tones, which we often get. There was mm. her, she saw me. You know, some people may say, oh, why should she assume because I'm disabled, I need help. But you know, like clear, like literally, I could barely see over my, over, <laughs> over the pile of clothes. Like that was, you. I think she would have helped anybody in that situation. You know, if, mm. if a mother was there with a pram trying to pile it onto her. So it was just a very genuine interaction. She preempted my needs. She did it in a no fuss way. She did it in a respectful way, um, and 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 it was great. And it, I just thought, gosh, that is good customer service. And mm -hmm. and I, and you had that sense of she's a she's either had good training or she probably has someone in her family with a disability. And that's, yeah. that's, I, I normally get that sense from people because they get it spot on. Yeah. Yeah, that personable thing rather than prescriptive and just actually coming and doing something yeah. helpful rather than... I, 
Exactly. And I thought, you know, as you can imagine, I'm always the sort of person that goes, oh, you come and help me. You know, I am. I am. Um, I love I love I rely on people for help. I am. Um, I I have no shame about it. I feel comfortable, comfortable and competent asking for help. But I appreciate not everyone does. You know, we're all on our journey and some people may, you know, be new to the their disabled body and may feel like they don't want the help or need the help or or feel comfortable asking. So I think, you know, it, it's, it, again, it's about, it's about compromise. It's about, you know, assessing the situation and respecting that individual. And I mm-hmm. think that is what it comes down to. And I, you know, whenever I deliver my own training, I say, um, and it might not always be um, how any, everyone would go about this, but, you know, to be kind, like just to be kind to anyone, we should all be offering help to one another. Um, but it's, yeah. But it's it's about listening to the response. It's about listening to what that individual says. And if they say, no, I'm fine, then you respect that. And I think that's sometimes where the frustration and the anger and the upset may occur is because, you know, disabled people are often not listened to. And uh, and, and it's the assumption that that assumption by the non-disabled person that they don't have the the ability to make decisions for themselves so even though they say no they're going to help anyway yeah so we're running out of time which is not a surprise we knew this would happen so i've just got one more question for you and i kind of need a brief answer which i'm really bad about but i'm going to go for it so one piece of advice that's had a big impact on your life and i know you shared with me a particular example of your sister and again as quick as we can because we need i'm getting nagged yeah i know sorry (laughs) So yeah, absolutely, and, and I go into this in my book as well. So you can you can absolutely go read the full story. But I think, like everyone, I had moments in my life, particularly as a teenager, where I didn't like my disabled body. I didn't like looking in the mirror, and my self esteem was low. And I was, you know, on a shopping spree to a lovely IKEA. And uh, this moment when I was in a very dark dark place in my life, you know, I felt all the eyes burning on me, and people stare at me because I do look different. And I hated it. And I came out of the shop and I burst into tears. And my sister, um, who, God bless her, she's not the best at putting putting fashion together. She knelt down next to me. She went, do you know what, Sam? Maybe they're staring at you because what how you look is impeccable. What you're wearing is impeccable. You look fierce. And I've never seen the world like that before. I assumed everyone was, you know, looking at me because of my disability. And I just want everyone to take away that actually, you know what, um, you, you, you radiate beauty no matter who you are. And I think that's really important. And even now when people stare at me, they might be staring at me because they're ignorant and rude, but they might be staring at me because they actually want to know where my lipstick's from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fantastic. We're just going to do a quick roundup of where we can find you online, Samantha, Where's yeah. and um, and where we can get your book from, of course, as well. Yeah, so um, obviously Amazon, all the all the good book retailers. So it's in hard copy. Uh, it's for $14.99. Um, I have just recorded an audio copy as well. So all that's going to be available. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm on Twitter um instagram and facebook i'm not on tiktok don't get me on there yet but um samantha rank yeah or you can head over to my official um fun page um fun uh, website which is um samantha rank official.com brilliant that's, that's amazing i was gonna say this is dan and i doing the thing at the same time again isn't it so um <laughs> samantha thank you so much an absolute pleasure we're delighted to have you thank with us today you. to share those insights we could have gone on for another hour i think oh, thank you. Of, i remember um, you are the best thing since sliced bread <laughs> we all are aren't we darling yeah <laughs>
<laughs> thank you ever so much. You take care. And thank you for, for listening, everyone, or watching if you're on, on the website. Oh, you take care, you everyone. So thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You can find future episodes on major streaming platforms, search Business Disability Forum or at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk and search podcasts. You can also watch the series on our YouTube channel, search for Business Disability Forum. Please do share and leave us a rating. Business Disability Forum is the leading business membership organisation in disability inclusion. We work in partnership with business, government and disabled people to remove barriers to inclusion. Businessdisabilityforum.org.uk